All right, everyone, this is Jarrett with the Halt Resume. I am here with the GOAT, the ex-Call of Duty pro, turned day trader, turned options trader, turned back to day trader, big timer. How's it going? What's going on, everybody? Thank you for having me. Is this first episode? First episode. First episode of the Halt Resume, man. I feel honored. Uh, goals to have you back many, many times. Yeah, of course. Hey, yeah. you've you've helped enough in the uh, in the trading room. I uh, felt the need to to give back and and help you out. I just love helping people. Anybody that's got like the entrepreneurial spirit, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started. I like hanging out with talking to those people because it just it takes a certain person and it takes balls to like put yourself out there and put your name on something and really try to you know forge your own path as opposed to you know take the easy way out there's nothing wrong with taking the easy way out it's just i respect what you're doing so happy to happy to be here i appreciate it i mean we went over it i think the goal is uh financial independence in any way possible and yeah man getting there's the thing so um if you want go ahead to give a backstory any promo you want for green wall street sure i'll uh i'll stay away from the plugs for now but um i started out in i mean depending on how far back you want to go i started out in like 2007 playing call of duty um went to a bunch of tournaments there ended up in the 2013 guinness book of world records for the most uh call of duty tournament wins at the time i've been far surpassed by then but yeah that was that was seven eight years ago ended up winning like the first call of duty xp event in 2011 um and then really kind of parlayed that into being a, a youtuber i moved dropped out of college went to arkansas state for uh three years i think i was a junior i was going on to be a senior and I remember I was about to fail my first class ever. It was like one of the first major classes that I got in. And I had never, I was a pretty good student. I had never failed anything, but I was about to have to drop that class and retake it. And that was about the same time we were at MLG Dallas, I think it was. And we sat down and talked about moving to Chicago and starting the Optic House and, and doing content and that sort of thing. So took the risk, went and, um, and did that. And obviously, uh, that worked out. We were one of the first teams to like kind of build an audience and show people the behind the scenes, like day to day life, doing the vlogs and all that shit, vlogging, going to tournaments. And um, yeah, after that, I guess it was 2013. I bought my first stock. It was something. Advanced Warfare dropped out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Advanced Warfare. I think I, what was my last tournament? I think it was Ghosts. It was like January 2014 or something, but the summer before, yeah, I, I bought my first stock, and it was something my mom wanted me to buy. I forget what it was. I think it was HIMX. They were like going to supply fucking Google Glass, or they were going to supply the components to Google Glass or something. Oh, back it was when like, that was supposed to be the biggest thing in the world. Oh, it was one of the hottest stocks like in the market, and she was telling me, I think it was trading at like 14 or 15 a share. I don't know what it is now, but you know, she was telling me I had to invest in it, and I was just thinking like, I should probably not invest my money into something I have no idea about. So that's what made me like, you know, initially curious in the market. And I didn't even know what like charting was or anything. I would just oh. literally go to like Yahoo Finance and just refresh the page each day to see what the stock was. I mean, I go I used to Google stocks, so I know the feeling. Yeah. yeah. And it never really changed. So I ended up selling out of that. And then really um my trading career was kind of born in one of these small cap momentum tight bubbles with weed stocks i was um i was one of the guys that you now see on twitter in 2020 like really like believing these these penny stock companies and you know the prs that they're putting out um you know i was on investors hub like forums doing all the research connecting the dots and the clues doing your due diligence I was, yeah i was i was one of those guys and it just so happened that I got extremely lucky whenever I first started. I had no idea what I was doing. I put literally my life savings at the time into like a handful of penny stocks. And you know, in a matter of like three or four weeks, I had built up a considerable sum of money. And it just, it didn't even seem like real at the time. Like I saw the numbers on the screen, but I didn't really think about it. And I thought I was way smarter than I actually was. So it took a while for me to like, except that I had no idea what I was doing and ended up giving, you know, a bunch of that back. And that was the point where I had seen like 
the other side. I had already seen the other side with Twitch and working for myself and, you know, being able to make some money. I knew I had to find something that wasn't the conventional like nine to five job. Again, nothing that there's uh, no, no, I mean, that, but, you know, how people you know, get there, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But I had just, I had seen the other side. So I figured, you know what, I've got to um, figure this thing out. And from there, you know, there's <laughs> Hector and anybody else who lived with me at the time can attest, but I kind of just locked myself in my room and for like 18 months and just put in, work trading stocks making every mistake in the book uh, reading every book watching every movie every podcast tons of screen time and uh yeah i started out you know day trading like anybody else trying to buy breakouts and you know do all this different stuff but it was taking so much of my time and i also had like this gaming career going at the same time so i had to really find a balance like i stopped doing youtube for i think it was a year it oh was, like, i remember that to, I you remember that break yeah. I was I was sub to you. I remember Matt and everybody in the house complaining they never see you. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you don't know this. Um back in MW two I actually played in a few of the game battles tournaments. Okay. Yeah. And I played against you guys a few times. How'd you do though? Uh so I usually went even. Ah, but I don't my... know if I believe that, bro. Bro, we MW2? can hop on MW two anytime you want. You don't want to see me with the ACR, bro. Bro, no, get out of here. The FAMAS, I will. Stopping power, FAMAS, <laughs> red dot, you're done. You're done. I had a nasty shot. I mean, That was the yeah, only game I gave any care in the world about. MW2 was good. That was one of the... That was the only game I tried competitively. I got talked into it from friends at school. Yeah. I went to a shitty tournament in Columbus and actually won. They're, oh, Wow. I yeah. couldn't win. Like I could win the fucking COD Four national championship. I went to GameStop that year of the MW two release, and I got my ass beat. Like you know, they do the little tournament at the yep. release with everybody there. I literally lost to some random like local kid on Rust one v one because he got a care package and like a helicopter in it. And... Yeah, so I mean, to be fair, that's back when we pretty much are. We had UAV Predator yeah. and Harrier was the kill streaks, but it was, it no, was a I mean, much more simple like, game. Oh, like I said, I took that was the only game I took serious. I played against you guys online before, you cap and everybody, and uh, whether I, I mean we won or not wasn't a huge deal. We didn't win anything. But I remember, you know, especially you doing those uh those tournaments if if they were your income. I mean, MW two tournaments. I got a two grand paycheck. The whole team got two grand from that tournament. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was like it was a combination of that, and you know, this was a bit after MW two, but like. You know, I'd already built up the YouTube channel and streaming, and I just I put all of that on hold to trade. And now that you know you trade very actively, you can see how you can just get addicted and lost in the whole process. Like it's a whole nother world that you didn't even know existed in trading. So for sure, I mean, I tell everybody I'm more addicted to trading than I am to playing games. Oh, for sure. Well, it's a you know it's very similar to gaming. I think that's why a lot of people in our space gravitate towards it. I found it very similar to gaming. Like, there's a set of rules that you have to abide by. You know, the object of the game is to get the number you know in the top left of the screen to the <laughs> highest you can get it. Like, it's a game, but it just has very real consequences, and that's kind of how I saw it. But anyway, to go back to like the day trading, to you know, back to swing trading, I needed something that would allow me to also live that other part of my life. So that's why I gravitated towards swing trading. This was in like 2015, 2016. And I got put onto a guy who's wicked smart, runs his own hedge fund now, which really uh, laid the roots to how I view stocks and how I you know, am able to read price action and be a little bit more anticipatory with my swing trading approach. That's also the guy who you know showed me how to leverage that strategy into trading options and 2017 had my best year ever trading um, and that was the first year I really dove deep into trading options and that's pretty much been the strategy up until um, up until this year when of course you know coronavirus market crash VIX at fucking 90 or whatever it is uh, I thought it I thought uh, hit over 100 before it may have but it, I know it was like it was very close to all-time highs and that just that really changed in my opinion, like the integrity of the market for the last three or four months. And, you know, my 
my best runs in swing trading and trading options is the exact opposite of that market environment. It's when the market is like slowly trending up, grinding up, you know, the VIX is under 20 option premiums are very low. That's when I excel in that strategy. So for the past three or four months, I've had to gravitate back and try to find like, you know, where is all the opportunity in the market every day? And with, you know, zero commissions last year, everybody home from the coronavirus, we got tons of new people in the market that, you know, are inexperienced to say the least. And um, I think that's where a lot of the opportunity has been um, recently with all the volatility and, and all of that. So I've kind of switched back and, and switched gears back to day trading a little bit. But I think this past week, like, you know, the VIX is starting to get back down 22, 21. We had yeah. really like three slow days this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So if that dynamic starts to switch and like there's no intraday volatility anymore and that doesn't work, then, you know, fuck it. I'll, I'll go back to, to what's working. So really trying to stay nimble. Like I just, I know markets change all the time. And if you don't adapt with it, you can just be sitting on your hands for, for a long time. So. I mean, if you would have just done the swim tra swing trading alone, it would have been, what, three, four months? Yeah, probably three or four months. And I've gone on stretches like that. I think it was um, it was late 2018 because it was August of that year. We had a also a scare in the markets. Um, you know, we fell. I don't know if that was the quickest 10% correction at the time. Obviously, that doesn't stand anymore. But I think it was August or September of 2018. Markets got super volatile. And I didn't trade a single thing for, you know, two, three months just because it wasn't there. But. I decided this time around, I'm, you know, I'm going to stick and, and I'm going to trade something. So kind of yeah, gravitated see. towards shorting small caps and, and doing that sort of thing. I thought you just wanted to show me up in the day trading chat room, but nah, okay. bro. Well, you were the only one in there for a while. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get in there. And oh man, I had like four people in there and I was teaching like, you know, we buy a dip on the ascending triangle or whatever. Right. right. And then now I'm all over the place. So <laughs> Yeah, markets are, they're changing every day, man. So just trying to stay nimble and keep an open mind to what's working is is what I'm trying to do at the moment. Just trying to survive, really. So speaking of markets, let's go over the, uh, what are they calling it? The 2020 coronavirus, COVID-19 crash yeah. to rebounding, pushing all-time highs currently. And I mean, NASDAQ hit all-time highs. Despise yep. like super close to all-time highs. I mean... This is something to where at least people I know, I mean, there some there's some large money still on the sidelines right now. So, yeah, of course. And, you know, to kind of couple my swing trading strategy and the guy I originally learned from, you know, very big into behavioral finance and sentiment and cash levels positioning, because at the end of the day, like it doesn't fucking matter what people think about the market. It really like where is the cash? Like, is it on the sideline? Is it being invested? Is everybody all in? It's a it's a game of supply and demand. So, yes, like we had a ridiculous crash in uh, March and April, and even myself, you know, I tried to to short the bounce and kind of sold some longer term investments into that rally. But if you go and look at, you know, I use certain sentiment indicators. You know, we don't got to go into all that. There's plenty that you can look at, but the metrics that I look at, this has been like the most hated rally and continues to be even up this past week it's still one of the most hated rallies of all time and i think that's why it's one of the most ferocious if you look at the charts like unprecedented v reversal like i don't think anything like this has ever happened and that's why we're seeing like crazy ass price action now in my opinion because you throw everybody off you know, similar to like 1998. And then, you know, markets get back to all time highs. Nobody's buying. It gets to a certain point where like everybody is forced to chase the market back up. And we're starting to see just crazy ass moves and stuff like Tesla and a bunch of the tech stocks. You saw shit like Kodak, uh, just random stocks. We're seeing things run from, you know, five, ten dollars a share to hundreds in just a couple of days. Like, Kodak was like a five dollar run to a hit like ninety. Uh, I think it was sixty. Sixty. Yeah. Still, either way, the percentage gain is is ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, if you go back and you look at history and you kind of study markets, like that sort of thing can it can last for a while. So I'm trying to you know keep an open mind and think like 
yes, nothing that's happening in the market right now really makes sense. Like from a valuation perspective, anything, but it's like, where's the money? Who's in the market? You know, is it buyer controlled or seller controlled? And right now it's very clearly um, buyer controlled. And I think until, uh, you know, until that situation changes and, and people buy back in, it's probably more of the same coming. Yeah, I mean, uh, you actually helped me change my thought because I was expecting a crash back around the uh, 300 level. Yeah. And uh, you came in quickly and was like, you got to remember, you know, these companies like Netflix and all these coronavirus stocks, they are large portions of, you know, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell, so on, all these big indexes. So, Right. Yeah, a lot of people a... think, you know, the stock market is a direct reflection of like small business because there's no question like the economy is hurting small businesses hospitality restaurants but yeah like you said you know everything that's benefiting from the coronavirus and people staying home that's what the market is comprised of so it sucks but it's like yeah microsoft tesla amazon they're all killing it and they're a huge portion of the indexes so i, I mean it makes sense that the indexes would go higher although it is you know it is kind of shitty for people to, you know, you have to get all these stimulus checks and everybody's hurting. And then you turn around and see all time highs in the market and, you know, 60, 70% of people aren't even invested in the fucking market. So they're yeah. not even, you know, they're not benefiting from it, but it is what it is. It's capitalism, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, you know, a uh, good representation of what we want to call it now. Yeah. Um. So going a little more into uh, how you, your, your more backstory of trading, you know, you took all those years off. What are some major learning points that happened for those years for you? Um, yeah, I've got a few. The first, you know, 2014 was coming to the realization that uh, you know, the penny stocks, like any sort of company that like gravitates and changes their name to fit whatever it's hot like at the time it was weed i've seen ebola or we've seen crypto we're now seeing coronavirus stocks like any any of those companies that are like pivoting to fit those business plans or like electric vehicles now is big too oh yeah uh, yep. typically they end up coming back there's a few that are legit and you know going to go on to be the actual winners but 99 percent of them are coming back the p like that's how these small cap companies do their financing. Like they literally, they pump their stock up and then they sell so they can, you know, continue business as is. So the first was just coming to the realization that most of those companies, I'm not going to say are scams, but like the runs that they go on, they come right back down. And, and I had no idea what I was doing. That was the first realization. The second one was that stocks can go way lower than you think they can go. Cause I actually, I had a terrible 2015 trying to buy the dip i guess you could call it or buy the bottom in catch the energy falling stock. knife instead i tried to catch the falling knife in energy stocks thinking you know i mean i was looking at stuff like uh, halliburton schlumberger um i forget what the name of the company is slca was the uh was the ticker but there was all sorts of you know fracking stocks and these things just got smoked like i had never seen anything like this most of them were down you know 80 90% so I'm sitting there and I've got, you know, a decent chunk of cash from the year before in penny stocks. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is my fucking, this is my Warren Buffett moment, bro. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to buy the blood in the streets. Energy stocks still haven't fucking bottomed in like 2020. So it's just, you know, I was seeing stocks that have fell from like 60 to five. And I remember even telling my mom at the time, I was like, how much lower can it really go? And I found out like it can go to zero. Many stocks can go to zero. They can declare bankruptcy for a lot of them. Like there is no bottom. So um, I did not have a very good um, 2015 that really like kind of hit into my confidence because I already knew I was at the point where I knew I didn't know a lot. But then after that, I was like, fuck, man, like I really made a mistake here. And I just I, I don't know if I'm cut out for this or not. So me being as stubborn as I am, like I'm one of the most persistent people. Like if I put my mind to something, I don't care how many times I fuck up at it. I'm going to keep going until I figure it out, especially if it's something I'm addicted to like trading. So um, after that, that's when I, you know, really got into finding a more consistent approach, something, you know, day in, day out I can do. And I took like 
the longer term approach in in 2016. And I had a decent year. And then again, 2017 is when I started to to leverage that swing trading strategy with options. And from there, never uh, never really looked back. So there's been a few a few defining moments, but I think that whole trying to buy the bottom in energy stocks thing um, was probably one of the biggest. Oh, and don't trade. I'm not going to say don't trade them, but I'm going to say don't trade them. Volatility <laughs> products, like, God damn. When I was day trading in 2014, I was all over. I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. UVXY, yeah, all the yeah. triple leveraged stuff. Oh, man. I can't tell you how much money I've lost in JDST, JNUG, oh, UVXY. SVXY, like I was in SVXY when, you know, 2017, like the big trade on Wall Street was short volatility because volatility was like the VIX was under 10 for so long or under 12. And when that trade finally came unwound, um, I think in February of 2018, you know, I saw my first uh, black swan type event and those um, those volatility funds that were designed to track the inverse of volatility. I think SVXY was like, uh, either three times or double the inverse. And then volatility goes up, you know, 120% in a single day. Those things literally like imploded yeah. in an hour. So I bought SVXY because I saw the prices and I'm thinking like, there's no way it's going to stay down here. Like it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. So I, I bought it. And then, you know, after hours, I bought some more. And then finally, after like 45 minutes to an hour of that thing bleeding, did I realize like, the thing imploded like there's no money left in it so i lost a grip in one of those uh you know black swan type events so i guess that's another lesson too which even with kodak here recently um <laughs> anytime i see something that i don't understand now i just kind of steer clear of it because although there can be like insane opportunity during those moments you know when everybody like in the chat room like the day of kodak everybody's just like what the fuck like this makes no sense like what is this those types of moments there's yes a lot of opportunity but there's also a ton of risk and it's those moments where you can either like double your account or you can cut it in half really quickly so um i guess i'm still having to to learn that uh lesson but whenever i don't understand something just steer clear of it there's always going to be a simpler easier trade to take you don't have to get involved in the craziness um of the market because that's where heroes are made but heroes often die on the yeah. battlefield so. uh well, old saying you uh live you either die a hero live long enough to see yourself return turn into the villain something like that bro I just, and uh gotta say for anybody who's been in the market long enough i mean wow you can you know long that kodak a lot yeah. easier to short kodak five days later just right watch it bleed itself to death Right. Let the battle be over, you know, and then come in and, and pick up the pieces afterwards. You don't have to get in there and get stabbed a bunch. So unfortunately, that whole Kodak, uh, you know, squeeze, broker buy-in, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, cut me a little bit. But I've been working my way back the past, uh, past two weeks. and been and doing good from what I'm hold. seeing, being yeah. extremely consistent again. I'm shoveling my way out one by I, one. I think that's uh, for you and for what I see from you, it's... um. Not so much. I mean, sure. You know, if you post on Instagram saying me $2,000 today, that's a, uh, that's great. But it, more me seeing, Hey, I cut my loss here, but I cut my loss for 20 cents here while I gained a full point move here. Right. Same share size. That is something that you want to see as a better win percentage and knowing your risk. I mean, there's bag holders in the market. I've been a bag holder before. So, Oh, same here, bro. I, like I said, I sat on the, the penny stocks for a while. It took me months to realize, like, you know what? These probably aren't coming back, and they can they can go a lot lower than you think. But, yeah, you know, it's whether posting P&L or, or what, I think it's a delicate balance of getting people interested. Like, you have to show them something that gets them interested and then want to trade, but also showing them things that is going to help them. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, like, Posting your PL, whether you made two grand or 200, that's not really going to help anybody. So, you know, in the actual room, in the trading room, I try to do less of that, more of like the charts showing entries, exits, the thought process behind the trades, because that's the stuff that's really going to help. Because, you know, I can make two grand, but the only difference in making 
two grand, 200 or 20 grand is just the amount of money you're trying to risk. So that's one of the things I try to get through to people in the room is like, don't worry if you're only making $50 a day because you can't make, you can't make a thousand dollars per day if you can't make $50 per day. So just like figure out how to trade first and then you can worry about, you know, scaling up and, and doing all that stuff afterwards. But actually figuring out how to trade is, is the first step. I think, you know, you definitely, definitely get that across in the room, whether people take that as what they want to do is on them right. in my mind, but right. yeah, at least for your room and how it comes across, you know, coming in and telling, especially newer traders. I mean, I remember being a new trader. Uh, I, I would see people make $500 a day and I'm like, Oh God, if I could make that, I don't have to work right. anymore, yeah. but I have $500 to trade with. I'm not going to make $500 a day. Of course. Yeah. You can't, you know, double your account every single day. Yeah. Um, but something you touched on and something that, uh, it's, it's peep, you know, showing its mind more and more in the market as it is. Um, you know, those companies, at least right now declaring bankruptcy, I mean, you got companies mm -hmm. like Hertz declared bankruptcy and went to five plus dollars at what they oh, were at like was... $12 at one point after declaring yeah. bankruptcy. So, oh yeah, that's the favorite of the. People call them the Robin Hooders, you know, oh. whatever it is. I don't, like I said, I don't hold blame to anyone because I, I remember being that person and thinking that I knew and like, you know, I'm not a super smart dude, like, but you know, I think I'm, I'm educated and I still like was ridiculously ignorant at the time. And there was just nothing you could tell me that was going to change my mind. Otherwise, I remember having conversations with people and they were like, you know what, big T come back to me in like 18 months. And I'm gonna be like, okay, you know what? I will come back to you in 18 months and my penny stock is going to be worth like $15 and I'm going to have like 10 million in the bank. That's really what I thought. Like I was even telling like family members, you know, it was going to keep going, keep going. It just uh, doesn't work like that. But it's the people that, you know, figure that out the fastest that turn around and actually make a, make a career out of it. I mean, for sure. Uh, you know, we've had that talk. Uh, not going to really trust anybody who hasn't blown at least one account up right because they at least have the experience of like losing a yep. chunk of money whether usually bad i mean 90 percent of the time it's bad but right um, but they've seen the shit and that's what you know that's what wakes them up to realize like oh wow now i kind of have an idea of how the the market works sometimes it takes a blown account or a big loss or something yeah it's just experience Oh yeah. Um so one of the one one of the things I really wanted to get involved with uh and actually was really happy when you started doing it in the day trading chat um was shorting. So I actually had like no shorting strategy whatsoever. What actually you know, you've put it out in your videos and everything, but what got you so heavily interested in, you know, betting against something rather than hoping it goes higher? Uh, yeah, I'm trying, you know, just with the market environment we're in right now, I don't know if you've noticed, but the past few days I've been like dipping my toe in on the long side. Um, but I think it's just, it's seeing this type of thing before and knowing that the stocks end up coming back. I think that's what makes it hard for me to long these is like, I know what the end game looks like on things like, I mean, we've already seen it this year. There's, I mean, there's been hundreds of these small cap stocks that run and they're gone now, you know, whether it's, you know, the big name ones are what IDEX, Mark, GNUS, Hertz, you know, they're all back where they came from now. So just knowing that they come back, I mean, honestly, that's like shorting these small cap, like scammy pump and dumps is a really old strategy um, in the day trading world. I won't name drop any names. Yeah, I will. I think it's an old Tim Sykes strategy, honestly. Like, I think oh. that's how he originally started trading i know he's like more long bias trading now um but yeah it's it's been a thing for a little bit and that's sort of uh where i gravitated to this year although you know the the barrier to entry with that sort of strategy is higher because like i've had to go out and get a new broker you're experiencing it now like there's locate fees involved there's it's definitely more expensive to do it but i think the reason that it's more expensive to do it is because it works and you know, there's a, there's a demand for those, those borrows and those shorts. So that's, uh, that's kind of why I've, I've gravitated towards the short side, just cause I know they come back down. It's just a matter of timing, which, you know, isn't easy, but it's, it's more simple in my mind. Oh, for, I mean, definitely, you know, you have the idea of 
going in, especially one of your, I guess, more profitable strategies, those day two faders. Right. You know, if it goes into resistance, that's when you want to do it because you have all these bag holders above it that are going to sell into a pop. And right. Those are definitely, you know, good, good ideas. And I, I think one of the things that, and something you go over is uh, going into the trade with a plan. Like you have your thesis. And then right. if that doesn't work out, you get out of it because, hey, you're wrong. Sure. And yeah, whenever you trade them for a while, you, you know what, you know how they should act whenever they're going to work. So I know like, you know, if some crazy stock was running on Monday and it sells off big. Well, Tuesday morning, the trade I'm looking for, yes, is like for it to ramp into Monday's resistance levels. And if it's going to work, that stock is going to stay red. It's going to immediately like slam back down under VWAP and it's going to fade for the rest of the day. So, you know, if it ramps and then, you know, it kind of pulls back a little bit and it holds VWAP and it's like breaking out more then I know automatically like, hey, this isn't the trade that I'm I'm looking for and I can stop out. So, yeah, I guess being on the short side, there is that. uh there is that as well. You're kind of, you're not going in blind, not to say on the long side, you're going in blind, but a lot of times I'll buy something and I'm like, yeah, maybe it could go up 50 cents. Maybe it could go up a dollar. I don't know. But on the short side, like before the market even opens, I can say, boom, here's resistance from yesterday. I'm going to short right here. If it works, I'll add here. Bam, bam, bam. You can have your entire trade planned out that way. When the time comes, all you have to do is execute. You don't have to think about it. You already have your risk set. You have everything planned out pre-market. Um, that way you're good to go. So yeah, I guess it could be a little less stressful in that sense. And uh, your long strategy, at least the one that you go on more and more, is uh, yeah. probably your most favorite indicator, I would say. Volume weighted average price. Love the VWAP, man. <laughs> I'd say, uh, you know, the, and honest to God, probably one of the most used indicators in all of trading. But yeah, uh, that that long strategy is definitely something to wear. I feel like at least you base the stocks in a bullish position or a bearish position based on right. the VWAP. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. It's just it's showing you where you know the majority of the volume is is holding the stock. So, yeah, anytime I can find a stock that's way you know just dead under VWAP and I get some big overextended bounce, yeah, I'm gonna short it. And just on the flip side, if something's way over VWAP and it's pulling back into it, yeah. It at least sets up a really good risk reward trade. It's not to yeah. say that it always works, but you know it's fucking it's trading. Nothing ever ever always no, works. No, you're uh, like you said, it's gambling, but with uh, with having a plan in mind based on it. Yeah, as long as you execute your plan, right? You can make trading, you know, straight gambling if you want it to, or it can be more of you know an educated guess, low risk, high reward, decent probability. It just depends on you know how how serious you are with it, I guess. So uh, in, in today's market, and it's something I'm probably going to more surprise you with that I want to talk about this, we're going to go over um, live streaming trades. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so there, you know, there are people out there that do it, and um, it's, it's something that you have to watch out for. We'll call him chat guy. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about something like that coming from, you know, being a live streamer, being a content creator, and you even have, a, you know, you post your YouTube videos and everything for it. Yeah. Um. You don't live stream your trades. You don't go in saying, you know, there's no voice chatter, screen recording of what you're doing real time, right? In your room or anything. But there are people out there that do it. I mean, that's something. I think at least recently in my mind, it's rel- It's it's changed how small caps work. Completely changed the game because it's just it's um again it's a supply and demand dynamic. There's no fundamental case for why a stock should go from two to 30 back to five in the same day. And we've seen that multiple times this year. It's because it, it really doesn't take that many people. And the reason I don't, you know, live stream is there's a case to be made that there's some market manipulation going on because, you know, if you've got 10,000 people say it's not just one guy, it could be multiple people. And there are multiple people on YouTube, wherever streaming this. At any given time, there's at least 10,000 people watching these guys. And even if you tell them, don't follow me, like, don't do this, they're going to do it, bro. Like, if they're only, you know, buying 100 shares, 50 shares, all it takes on a stock with a low float, like a million shares, 2 million shares, which in the small cap world, like, that's what we're trading most of the time. If all of those 10,000 people buy 100 shares, they damn near, like, bought the company. So there's so much demand for the stock 
and there's no supply because the floats are so small. So I think, yes, it creates a lot of opportunity. My issue with it is where they're trying to like force squeezes to happen by talking about it. And you can see it because like many times, you know, whoever it is will be saying, you know, I'm looking to, you know, say the stock will be trading at 12 and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm looking to add at 1220, looking for the squeeze to 1240. I'm going to buy at 1250. And then before you know it, they're like, oh, I sold at 12. And then everybody just gets bagged and the stock tanks. And, you know, when they walk away from the screen, that's the top for the day. So in my opinion, the only person making consistent money there is the streamer because they're, you know, they're creating the demand by talking about it and then selling into it. So, you know, regardless of what you want to call it, I just, I think it's way too risky. I would never risk, you know, my, my freedom to do something like that. Although money's great, it's not worth, it's not worth risking at all. So I, uh, I pay attention to it. I definitely take it into consideration because you have to, because they literally do move the stocks, but Man, you, yeah, you probably won't catch me, uh, you know, live streaming on Twitch or or YouTube. But oh man, you mean I can't just buy what you're buying? You can't just buy what I'm buying, Brown. No, no chance. Unless it's like a, you know, if it was Netflix or like some large cap stock. Okay, like you know, you're not gonna you're not I gonna mean, move the market. Yeah, at that point, you have a couple billion shares out there. Right, but you're talking about something with a million shares, like you are literally moving the marketplace. And I think you're starting to see, you're starting to see it maybe not slow down, but like Robinhood um, recently, I don't know if you saw they're they're getting rid of the Robin track and being yeah, able not to. Not a fan of that. Yeah, I'm not I a fan of that. I enjoyed that. I did too, but people are starting to, to catch on and, and companies and firms are. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point um, there's, they put a stop to that because, you know, call it a pump and dump, call it whatever you want. It's just like a new age way of manipulating markets. And I just, I don't think it's right, but you know what? I'm uh, I'm just going to trade the market that we're in and hopefully people can see it for what it is. Oh, I mean, you know, for sure on that you have, whether SEC regulation is, has to have a delay and you can't tell people to buy this, but right. you can say, oh, I'm buying this. Well, right. You know, influence happens, and if you're, you know, streaming to a hundred people, those hundred people are watching you for a reason. Sure, that's what and I'm saying. Like, you can tell them not to follow you, but they look up to you. You're like, you know, you're a mentor to them, so of course they're gonna follow you. I would, you know, I'd hear what you're saying, but it would go, you know, in one ear and out the other, <laughs> and I'd just, I'd buy the stock and probably lose. So yeah. Um. So the other other thing, at least, especially more recently, the past few months. Um, that's really hit the small cap market. And it's something that uh, I think a lot of those Robin Hooders and a lot of the newer traders are realizing is uh, algorithms, algorithm based trading mm, is huge yeah. right now. Um, and, it, you know, it's going it, to, it's something that if you're not experienced or even, you know, for me, while I'm somewhat experienced, this is something that's caught me off guard and I've taken hits because of it. Yeah, same. I mean, it's something that I think, you know, just any any conversation based on it, it's hard to deal with but heavily hitting the market and especially small caps along with the column pumpers live yeah, streamers it's, it's super hard to deal with because of how good the algorithms are like you just there's levels to this game of trading and like you know the entry level is like hey can you spot you know a support level on this stock and can you spot resistance and like in a perfect world yes like you know, the stock will stop at resistance, it will get bought at support, and everybody makes money. In the real world, the shit does not work like that. Like, okay, now take it to the next level and understand, like, okay, if everybody's long the stock, where are they going to have their stops at? Well, guess what? This algo is about to run your stops and then, you know, rip the other way. And you're seeing, I forget what it was this past week, but we saw some pretty heavily manipulated action in MIST, M-I-S-T, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, you could even see it in real time. And we were talking about it in the room. And, um, you know, some people, they DM'd me afterwards and they were like, bro, what the fuck? They were like, I get it now. Like, I see what you're talking about. And I'm like, yes, man. Like, if you're long, 
you know, 2 million shares of this stock and, you know, you have to create some liquidity, like what you're going to do is ramp the stock to that level that looks like it's about to break out to get shorts covering, to get longs buying the breakout. And then you're going to dump the stock and walk away and it's going to fade for the rest of the day. And like, we saw that on mist. We saw that on something this past week. I forgot what it was, but um, yeah, you're, you're starting to see them, see them more and more, but I, I like, I don't pretend to be an expert in that field. I like, I see it. I understand, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes and I'm like, you know, if I had to get rid, like say I was long, I don't know, however much of a penny stock, like how would I get out if I really needed to get out? You know what I would do? I would like, I would buy a bunch of shares. I would like push it to a point that made people take action and then use that liquidity to dump all my shares. So when you try to put yourself in the shoes of the algo, it kind of makes sense what they're doing and the games that get played. But honestly, like, you can try to trade based on that information, but fuck it, man. Like at the end of the day, I just, I wait for the 80, 90% trades or I try to at least. And you know, if it doesn't come for the day, then I don't trade. Uh, if it's slow, it's slow. But the, the longer you trade, the more you realize like less is more, just don't waste oh, your yeah. time. You're, I can't, I like, I don't even know. I would love to go back and see how many times I've just lost like 300 bucks on a trade, just a random trade. Like, it'll be the end of the day, you're up two grand, and I'm like, you know what, eh, long off VWAP, bam, stopped out. How many, like, $300 a hundred times, like, that shit adds up a lot. So, like, I've probably pissed away tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on marginable trade setups and really trying to focus, you know, all the time on just stop doing, like, do anything else, like watch porn, <laughs> go eat, like, go shopping, anything is better than losing $300 or whatever you think is like a small amount. If you're trading a small account, maybe, you know, you'll look at 10 bucks or 20 bucks, but like, dude, that's lunch. Like, ah, let's, let's not, let's just focus on what works and, you know, just forget the rest. Can't tell you how many times I've told you just to walk away. And no, just walk away. Don't. I don't at all. You can't <laughs> like I'm addicted. I really am. I need a fucking, I don't know. I need to set something up with my broker that'll like shut down the platform or some shit, but you know uh yeah no that's that's definitely while you can't yeah i mean you're not an algorithm and you don't know what the algorithms are doing you know trading those 90 percent probability setups or even 80 or god even 70 percent if you're winning 70 percent of the time as long as you cut your losers yeah you're uh you're gonna be profitable in the end and that's definitely something that's uh i think new traders need more than anything and hopefully this is geared towards new traders we'll find out down the road but sure um, the last really big thing I wanted to hit before, you know, plug whatever you want to plug, um, is so, so you started green wall street, sure. No affiliate to any, any gaming or anything. Um, what made you be, want to become a mentor? That's something that, you know, you're asking people to pay money to learn from you. There's that whole argument. Well, you're making so much from trading. Why are you having people pay you to learn? Sure. No, I hear you. I mean, look, yes, on the surface, it's a steady source of income. You know, as a trader, there is no, like people want to get into it and they'll talk about like, you know, making $1,000 a day, making $2,000 a day. Trading is not something where you can like put that pressure on yourself to have consistent money. Yes, you can get to that point where you're making consistent money, but, you know, trading results, they aren't linear like you may not have a good setup that doesn't pop up for weeks so if you're trying to like make your nut and your rent check off of trading it's going to be a real like stressful experience for you so yes there's obviously the steady income part of it i like money like i don't think there's you know everybody uh, likes money so yeah of course so um there's that aspect of it there's also like people in my community from the gaming community are going to do it anyway. And I can't tell you how many people hit me up over the years. And, you know, I started a YouTube channel back in 2016 and started talking about it a little bit, but still didn't really feel like I knew enough to help guide people. Um, but it got to a certain point where I'm like, you know what, if people are going to do this anyway, they should hear from somebody who's been through the ups, been through the downs and, you know, try to build something, um, respectable so yeah while people come in and you know i tell them they can learn from me i try to give them i try to give them a framework for how to look at the markets but it's not like 
you know, come in and I tell you exactly what stock to, to buy or, or do this or do that. I just, I want the people who are actually interested in trading to come in and, you know, I'll help give them that framework, give them that foundation, you know, share my experiences with them. But at the end of the day, like we're building a community of people that hopefully, I think we're getting to that point where everybody's kind of looking for the same types of setups and same ideas. And we're all just like, we have so many eyeballs on the market every day. Cause even me seven years into this thing, like it helps me a lot to go through and, you know, make the watch list video every morning and really stick to my rules. Cause I know like I've got 500 people, 600 people watching me do this. I need to set a good example for them. So it helps my trading. I hope that it helps, uh, you know, other people's trading as well. But at the end of the day, yeah, man, it's just about, uh, you know, building a community of people and trying to make it to the next level. This, this trading game is fucking, it's hard. And I try to not sugarcoat things and try not to dangle the carrot in front of people too much and pretend like it's some easy thing. Pay me 50 bucks and learn to be rich. Like, no, like you're going to pay me 50 bucks and I'm going to give you everything that I've got, like seven years of experience. You can hit me up anytime. Like I'm going to walk you through this and Hopefully, you know, if you're serious about it, you'll take it to the next level. But if not, at least, at least, you know, because you know what? I, I was in plenty of chat rooms. I've joined shit. I don't know how many off the top of my head, but quite a few. And it really did help, uh, you know, it helped accelerate my learning curve, but I was never able to just like replicate what somebody else was doing. I've had to take screen time, take my own experiences, but also combine that with what I've heard from mentors gurus um whatever you want to call it so i hope it helps people but yes i i like the money as well so that is something that you know you saying that there are those people who have the chat rooms and everything they're like oh i'm not in there for the money i'm in it for the people you saying that yeah the money's there but your your focus isn't making money from the chat room it is you know even you said it making that pre-market watch list that helps you get your plan together. So dude, I mean, look, if I was, (laughs) if I was only focused on the room and not trading, I wouldn't lose fucking (laughs) $20,000 trading Kodak. You know what I mean? Like I'm in the trenches with people every day. I'm, I'm trading the the names. So yeah. And look, fuck it. It's worth it. Like, I'm not afraid to say like, yes, if you're trying to get into trading, you're going to spend a hell of a lot more than 50, 90, 100 bucks a month, whatever it is. Um, you know, make sure who you're listening to is legit and reputable and can actually accelerate your learning curve. But if you're, you know, just going to dive in by yourself and and do it, you're going to lose a lot of money that, you know, otherwise maybe you could have saved. So, yeah, I you know, at the end of the day, I think it's worth the whatever money people end up charging. No, for for sure. I mean, been in free and paid for chat rooms before right. from me, and uh, I I tend to stick around and stay in the ones that I think are whether useful to me or I can provide input to other people. You know, right. something to wear, and and especially in yours in Green Wall Street, specifically, you have. I mean, I've seen people in there who have just joined, and we'll give a shout out to Amali, who yeah. joined he found his niche in shorting and while he's still really new to trading, I mean, Jesus, this man, he's doing good, right? Like he's uh, like, we'll compare our charts after a trade and I'm not telling him anything. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, we're covering at the same point. You like, he sees the patterns and yes, he's an example of somebody who, you know, came in and wanted to learn the foundations, but then he's taken it. And now he's like, you know, he'll trade something that I'm not trading for the day and he's confident in it and he wins in it. Like, I forget what he shorted. I think it was MARA on uh, Friday. I wasn't shorting MARA, but he murdered it. Like He did well. So yeah, he's an example of somebody who's taking it and running with it and making it his, uh, his own, which is, I think, how it should be done. I think definitely um, for, for the chat rooms or for any group or whatever you want to call them out there, that's what you want to see. And you know, for me, I have people in here. So as as the default long bias trader, while I'm definitely not long bias anymore. Um, right. Uh, you know, seeing people like Mike or seeing people in, in the group that are like, yo, you took what I said and 
you've taken whether it's hey i play my risk reward and i want my risk to be yeah. better right going off and then them taking that and finding what works for them and then you know it, it's yeah. that good feeling mike joseph has been in there he's in oh the yeah chat every oh. day killing it every day he's at the end of the day like six out of eight on the day seven out of eight or, stole know, my strategy three. and everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh He's doing good, man. Stole yeah. everything from me and is doing. I feel like he's doing better percentage wise than me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's good to see. And then you know, as you said, your community is growing, but it's it's something that I see from all the communities I'm in. You have a community that's built around wanting to learn, right? And and it's it's while you know you get those newer people that are like, does this look good or should I buy this? You know, right. having that contact with you and that's what kind of shocked me is. You're there, like, you're there. Oh, it's all day, bro. Like, I'm at the desk at 7, and I'm typically answering people's PMs and shit till 6 or 7 at night. I just, I love trading, and it's not, like, it's not something you can fake. Like, whenever I, uh, you know, I've streamed thousands of hours and done tons of YouTube videos. It's not to say I don't love that stuff, but, like, damn, does it get old after a while. Like, trading for me it never gets old. So like when people ask me questions and they're like, sorry to bother you or sorry to ask you this, I'm like, dude, hit me with it. I like, I live for this shit. I love talking trading. So yeah, it's just something I like to do. So I'm all in baby. I'm all in. I, I can definitely tell them, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on this. That is, uh, while I've traded in this group for, I think I joined in March. Yeah. Um, it has it's definitely going to be one of those ones that i plan to stick around with and hopefully you know learning options from you and then my shorting strategy is your shorting strategy sure like it is it is something that i think i i'm happy to have you as a well, quote unquote mentor even though i mentor people in this group sure uh yeah, we, I, got, we got a lot of new guys in there so i, I appreciate the help as well man extremely extremely happy to uh have been in green wall street and uh that, that's I all appreciate I really... it, man. <laughs> you're like you were one of the first like real, I'm gonna say real traders, but you know somebody who really had to make yeah had some experience coming into it. So it's good. Hey to man, hear I've uh I've had my fair share of losses. I've blown up a few accounts. Yeah, uh, good. Man. And You've seen the, the game. Man. The addiction's real, and I, I don't want to see people do what we did. I've backhold penny stocks. Yeah. It can only go higher. Stocks only go up. It's it's uh, not a true statement, sadly. Yeah. Um, so that's all I had. Any promotions or anything for you? We'll get it out there. Uh, no, I'm good. I mean, greenwallstreet.com. This is what we've been talking about. This is the community that we're, we're trying to build out. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no guarantees in the world of trading, but if you are, uh, interested in, in learning the game and actually think you'll put in the time and, and dedication to figure it out, we would, uh, we'd love to have you in there and help you out. For sure. I mean, that's uh, that's that's the whole reason you're on you're on here and happy about it. Um, besides that, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this is big timer. Uh, as I, I everybody who's listening to this is going to be your follower, so it doesn't even matter. Halt resume, baby. The halt resume. It's going to be the haltresume dot com. Halt resume on Spotify, Apple, really anywhere you can get um a podcast and uh, enjoy. We're gonna have more people on. The goal is to have uh. Big timer back when the market changes from small caps back to options. I would love, love to go more into your, uh, your option strategy. Cause that's something that, uh, really caught me off guard when I joined, but I think that's, uh, better for when the market's around that point. Sure. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a good one and stay safe out there.